Yeah, guys, it's so great to be here this morning. And um, the goodness of our Father. You know, He is unconditionally, always, without fail, good. He is only good. Now, now, as we go this morning and you listen to the word, it is the continuation in the word that will bring you to a conviction and a total commitment and an understanding of that goodness. So that when something appears on the radar that doesn't appear to be good, you will look for any other answer than accepting that it comes from your father. You understand? You get to a place where you say, I see this. But without fail, I know that whatever I'm facing right now, I have a good father. And, and, and that is the, the, the benefit and the bonus and, and of the word. So uh, let's do the second service thing, man. All right, so go with me to Galatians. Galatians 1. Galatians 1. I'm going to add some more good stuff to this service because you are the guys that come for the, for the meaty stuff. Wow. You know that, that, that I was looking while you were preaching. Isn't it awesome what the Word does? The word, you cannot sit in the presence of the Word and not have multiplication taking place. From the first service to the second service, you, you, you said about Elijah, you said about the widow. Now, I mean, that's already enough for me. If, you, if you're a keen, hungry word eater, when you look at that, there's a sample, an example there, and the Bible says these things are examples to us. You look at that widow, you realize that she committed, and I love the sermon he preached down in Strand. He said she gave him one happy meal, and she got three and a half years worth of happy meals. Three times a day. That's what the, the result. And I mean, sometimes we need to think in funny little examples like that to actually understand, okay, one happy meal, three times a day, three and a half years times happy meals. What kind of an investment is that? You know? And that's what he preached, and I went, woo, okay, I understand that. But here's the thing. Jesus refers to that thing about the widow. And he says, there was only, she was the only one. And the moment you said it, I went to a scripture, I, I got it on my phone. It says, there was, there was ladies that ministered, Herod's, Herod's steward and other women, they ministered to Jesus out of their substance. So what Elijah had in one widow, Jesus repeating it in a message, I don't know whether it was before or after or by his example, had a whole bunch of women that followed in the footsteps of what they saw him teach about the Elijah widow. They were following in his footsteps. And I don't know a person, I don't know a person who has not partnered with the kingdom of God that is not blessed. I, I, I do not know of a person that truly understands what it is to partner with. And, and, and as Pastor T was saying, you know, the fact is that God, Paul is uttering God's heart, and this would be this church's motive. This is my church's motive. There are people that preach finances with wrong motive, but I know it's not here, all right? And the people who preach wrong motive will take money from you at any cost, and they will convince you to give it, and, and, and they, they won't even be shy about it, okay? <laughs> You're giggling in the corner, my brother Henry. Um, but, but, but that's not here. Because when you preach it with Paul's motive, this is God's motive too. God doesn't say this stuff without this motive in his heart, and any true servant of God or child of God would have this motive. He says, I don't desire this to my account. 
Whatever I'm teaching here, whether it be faith, whether it be forgiveness, whether it be uh, freedom, whatever I teach from God's word, the motive is that it would benefit your account. I've, I've got to teach it that way. That's the way it was given. God's intent was a benefit to you. Amen? So, here we go. Galatians 1. <laughs> yeah, this is awesome. Galatians 1, I like reading from verse 1. I'm actually on my way to verse 4, but yeah. Let's do Amplified just to change it up a bit. Paul, an apostle, brackets, special messenger, appointed and commissioned and sent out, not from anybody of men, nor by or through any man, but by and through Jesus Christ, the Messiah, and God the Father, who raised him from among the dead. Guys, just pause for a moment. The apostolic call on Paul's life was not self-appointed. And your calling today is not a self-appointed calling. It's an appointment and a calling that comes from God. Later on, Paul says it like this. He says, The God who called me before I was formed in my mother's womb. How awesome is that? That God has a plan for your life before you even existed. To reveal, to take the cover off, to apocalypto his son in me. To a revelation of Jesus Christ within you. Isn't that awesome? God's design, guys. God's intent, God's proclamation. Understand this. God's intent is you. In the earth, is you. Everything about God is about you. He wanted a family. He wanted image and likeness. Get it, get it. You are the sparkle in God's eye. Look at yourself and love yourself in the mirror because if you're not going to do it, He's already done it. Are you going to go against God? I don't love you. You're a, you're a failure. I don't love you. Looking at yourself in the mirror. Are you, are you going to be that cheeky? Are you going to do that while God says, I love you enough to give my only son? That's called pride, guys. Pride is, is humbleness. He's saying, yes, Lord, you love me that much. I'll love myself that much. Okay, all right. I'm, I'm getting held up. All right. And, to, and all the brethren which are with me unto the churches in Galatia. Like I greeted you from Kingdom Line today. Okay. Grace. Say grace. Be to you and peace. Grace and peace to you from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, are you hearing what I'm trying to say to you? Everything he's doing is he's greeting them. And he's saying, I'm giving you grace this morning. I've come to bring a grace, a gift to you this morning. But it's actually from the Father and from the Son. I'm just conveying the message. Amen. Wow. Who gave himself for our sins. What a gift. That he might deliver us. Redeem. Restore. Set free us from this present evil world. Now he's writing to a group of people in his day. But God's intent and deliverance has never changed in motive even unto this day. God says, I don't want you to live hopeless. I don't want you to live without purpose. I don't want you to live under the, the, the yoke of some evil oppression. That's not my intention. 
It was for freedom. Galatians 5 verse 1. That Christ has set us free. My intent was to bring you something else. And as one of you said this morning, to give you life. And life more abundantly. The Zoe life, the type of life that God is and has, is God's intent. Receive it this morning. Say, God, is that how you feel about it? Yes. Now you got it. That's what I want you to have, okay? Who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father. Do you get that? God's will and purpose and plan of our God and Father. Meditate it down into your whole being. Drink it in. What was God's intent to send Jesus? To set me free from this present evil world. It's His will. So if I know the will of the Father, I don't have any doubts to the mission. I don't have any, have any doubts to His commitment. I don't have... If, what were you doing when you were doing that? It was my will. To set you free. It was my will. To give you life. It's my will. Do you understand? So you get up on the morning... And there's a threatening evil standing right outside your door. God, I, I don't know what's going on. L- look at this thing. What's going on around me? What? Is it? Does it look according to His will? Does it look according to His goodness? Does it look according to someone who would lay down the life of His Son to set you free? Is it according to that will? Well, if it's not, then decide right then and there, I know what your will is for me. I'm going over to the other side of the lake. And Storm, you weren't in the intent when the initial call was sent out. It was over to the other side. So Storm, you might be in my way right now, but you're not the will of the Father. So I'm... South Africa, there's revival being pronounced from your Father. Oh, I'm not so sure if I look at the newspaper. Now, you're looking at the newspaper or are you looking... At the word. Four petrol increases, five VAT increases, seven pay decreases. I don't know what your will is anymore, Father. Are you looking in the natural world? Or are you looking in the spiritual world? There's a guy that gets a word every time a prophet comes to our house, to the house of Spirit Word, uh, of Kingdom Light Church, in, in Malmesbury Church. If a prophet stands up, they look at him first. And they say to him, I see promotion. It's become that blatant that if a prophet stands up and looks at that guy, people start to snigger. They, <laughs> and when he says promotion, everybody goes, <laughs> and the prophet jumps and gets a fight. Looks at him, what on earth did I say now that was so funny? I'm like in a serious mode. Brother, I see promotion. <laughs> everybody starts laughing. And then I've got to say to him in the sidebar, don't worry. You're the 10th prophet that's prophesied promotion over this guy in the last five years. It got so that he had to leave the bank he was working for. Go and work for his sister-in-law for two years. When they phoned him from the bank he left, they re-offered him, they headhunted him another job in the bank. Had he stayed in the bank, 
he would have had the natural increment of increase and promotion according to bank policy. He left. They called him back and he jumped like seven pay grades. Came and stood up in front of the church. He said, you're not going to believe it. He said, try us, try us. We know our God. You missed a promotion. Hallelujah. I see some people reaching out and grabbing. I see others sitting. There were many widows in Zarephath. And none of them decided to be part of the corporation or the society. But one lady said, try me. I see some ladies like that. I'll come and pick on you just now. Okay. What is happening to me this morning? Okay. Good. Good, good father. Good father. All right. Go with me to... Two, two, two. Oh, this book, this book. In the beginning, God created them, men and women. And he blessed them. You know what that did for me? I've been reading it for years. And all of a sudden, I just looked and said, God, it's your godly intent to bless me. To see me prosper. To see me have dominion. To see me have increase. To be just like you. A garden planter. With seed that you've supplied in seed form. I think Tuesday morning, at God willing, at, at, at that Rama office of TBN Africa, you and I are going to certify, they're going to have to phone for the fire engine. <laughs> John 8. That's what he does to me. He affects me. I, I was so thankful for Prophet John last night when he stood up and he said, From the moment that God started prophesying over him a more apostolic father mental role. He said, and those guys came into his life. He said he could never actually accept the fact that God had given him that word and he didn't want to graduate to that position. And then God started putting men in his life that actually recognized that. And he had to, his whole heart and everything about him expanded because of the attention and because of the drawing power and because of the acknowledgement of the body in the kingdom of the body, he had to step up. If you don't know it, we've only known each other two years. Uh It has been favor upon favor upon favor in my life from the time that this man came into my life and said to me, I want you to mentor me. From then uh, to now, it's going to take me two weeks to actually include all the stories, the good ones, the bad ones, the other ones in between because of what he initiated. Now I don't have time anymore. His fault. John 8, John 8, John 8. Stop it. You've got to keep me concentrating and focused. I've got to go. Where's that timer? No. That timer cannot be. That can't be the timer. Okay, John 8. John 8 verse 31. Oh, I'm going to have to fly now. I'm going to have to fly now. No, you guys, you guys fiddled with the timer. I'm sure you fiddled with the timer. John 8. John 8 verse 31. Okay, listen. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed on him, if you continue, continue, if you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. Everybody say journey. Journey. So if I start at point A and I journey to point B, I will arrive at my destination. Say a journey, say a travel, say a a process. Christian 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 life is not an immediate Arrival. Christian life is, and we were talking about it yesterday, the seed gets planted in the ground, then it comes up the blade, and then the, the, the ear, and, and then the full corn in the ear. 
It's, it's a process. In the work of God in your life, it's a process. And so there's a continuation, a following after what? The word. Now, this word quickly is a number of things. It says to continue in my word. Another translation says hold to my teaching. Another one says hold fast to my word. Another one says remain faithful to my word. Another one says if you abide in my word. Another one says if you keep obeying what, keep, keep, keep obeying what I have said. Another one says if you continue to follow my teaching. Another one says if you remain in my word. Another one says if you live by what I say. So, There is a number of ways of saying this, but we understand by it that the word needs to be a constant part of my life to bring about something. Now, this message was birthed from a place where somebody turned around and said, so why do you find it necessary to teach or speak so much about money? What that person doesn't actually realize, they think because they're hearing the church talk about money and they haven't been in church for very long or they haven't been in a church that talked about money very long and they come from a church or a background which says to be as poor as a church mouth, they think that they're concentrating on that side of the coin. What they fail to see and what they fail to realize is that the rest of the service, for how many ever minutes or hours it's spoken about, is speaking about everything else about the word. And what does word teaching do? If I stay within the gospel, if I stay within the word, the word brings life, it brings light, it brings, it, it brings a whole lot of stuff, but it doesn't come all in one go, it's a constant download and remind and renew, that's why Romans 12 says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed, everybody shout, transformation, transformation. see, this word, this word has the power to transform yeah. my life, yeah. from a little worm in a cocoon, yeah. to a butterfly that doesn't look anything like it yeah. It gets a transformation because of the continuation in the word. It says, renew your mind. So come along. I get people starting to preach grace and, and, and righteousness. Hadn't been in a church or a background that preached it. Listening to this grace and righteousness message. And then I see it and then I don't. While the guy's preaching, my, wow, my heart's on fire. I'm going, I understand this. I can see it. Then Monday comes and I'm going, it was so relevant on Sunday, but I can't seem to see it on Monday. And after a while, it didn't take me long to realize that if I stayed in the Word, I could keep the curtain open. It wouldn't stay shut. Wow. And so I constantly went into the Word. I'd take the teaching of Sunday and read it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And what would happen is the Word and the faith in that Word would start to stay, keep the curtain open. i go, wow, I can see it now. Wow. And every time I felt I'd lost it, I'd go back to it and go, and get it going. So it's not about money. It's relevant to the entire subject of the word. Are you with me? I'm cutting corners now so that so that you can get the entire thing of the word. Okay. Ah. So a continual continual download of what God is giving me. Okay. Paul wrote many letters discussing many things. All right. He spoke about forgiveness. He spoke about teaching. Um, on forgiveness and loving your neighbor and guarding your mouth from corruption and a host of other subjects in relation to who we are in our new identity, in the new creation of sons of God until we come to maturity. So the journey produces something and I've never ever got to the place where I say, I've arrived. Because you can't. How big is God? How great is his name? 
That's what's so exciting. Do you know that who was the guy that stepped onto the moon or one of those guys? One of those guys on the first moon mission, I think it was Aldrin, he came back, or, or Armstrong, he came back and he became a total alcoholic because his entire life had been dedicated to fly to the moon. It was his ultimate pinnacle of his career and his life and everything he lived for was to get to the moon. He came back from the moon, poof, nothing. He had this flat line, flat line. He walked around going to schools with a little rock. This is a piece of moon. His life amounted to, I went to the moon. The man in the moon. He became a total alcoholic. He did. He, he, he burned out, became an alcoholic. There was no more purpose to his life. Until he found Jesus. And he got into the word. He said, you know what excites me the most about knowing Jesus? I will never, ever, 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 ever get to the place that I got with going to the moon. He said, because I got to a place and then it was that. It was the end. This word has no end. It has no height. It has no pinnacle. It has no depth. It has no breadth. I can continue in it and know that it's a living word. Ah, ah. ah. Psalm 119. Psalm 119. I wanted to prophesy on people that clock. I'm sure that I, I'm going to speak to the ref. Psalm 119, Psalm 119, 119, are you there? 119 verse, what was it? 130. Psalm 119 verse 130, where is it? Have you got it up there? Ah, thank you very much. The entrance, everybody say the entrance. Then later on he said, you are the salt of the earth, you are the light of the world. He said, a city set on a hill cannot be hid. I want you to know something about it. It started in a garden, it ends in a city. But we miss it, we want the city to be somewhere beyond the blue in heaven. But you are the temple of the Holy Ghost and you are a city. So the indwelling of the word was the intent to bring you to image and likeness, walk like him, talk like him, be like him, a light in a dark place. And as I said, I can take a mirror and I can pick up on the sun and I can blind all of you just by reflecting the sunlight of the sun. Light can be reflected. Darkness cannot. Darkness cannot be projected or reflected. That's why darkness is inferior to light. Therefore, wherever you go, you bring light. I'm not interested in who's who in the Juju Zoo in Africa. I don't, I don't care if you went to the Jujus of Ghana or you went to the Sangomas of Zululand or you went to the, to the, to the Hare Krishnas of Krishnaland or whoever. I don't care because they don't come from the Father of Light. You are children of light. Put on the armor of light. You have no competition. There is no... I come from light. Darkness cannot comprehend it. Darkness cannot hold it. So the word is light. So the entrance of the word by continuation will enlighten you. Enlighten, enlightenment. It will not just bring you from darkness a place. 
to the kingdom of light, but you become light. And the light of life enlightens you to be able to look in the mirror and know that God intended me to love on myself like he loves me. He's a good, good father. And I'm loved by him. That's enlightenment. 1 John 1 says, he said, and we knew him. We handled him. We had fellowship with him. The capital word of life. So this word is not only light, but it is life. Do you believe what you sing in this church? Pushing back the darkness. Lighting up the kingdom. Who? You are the light, life of God. What is the opposite of light? What is the opposite of life? You are the opposite to those things. You have resurrection, light, life on the inside of you. So John 6 verse 63, they come to Jesus and they say to him, He preaches a message, he said, unless you eat my flesh, you have no part of me. He wasn't preaching cannibalism, don't think that. What he was preaching was, I have a better, I am better food to you than the manna of Moses. He was the replacement of a mosaic system. He said, Moses gave you bread from heaven that decayed every single day, and it was a departing thing. I've come to give you life. I've come to give you my very life. Eat me. And they said, no man can replace Moses. And they left. Like some people in some churches. Not here. In other places. And he turned to his disciples and said, do you want to go as well? And they said, where shall we go? You have the words of life. (laughs) This word is not just abundant living. It's life itself. Last night, the guy stands up. What a testimony. He's probably about 60-something, eh? Older than me. I'm not going to tell him my age. But I look younger than him. No, okay. Anyway, he had a heart condition. Had a massive heart attack. Only just made it. And then they would have to do an op. But it kept on being postponed, and he couldn't get to the hospital. Then they couldn't do the op here. Then there was no place there. There was no bed there. And this guy was getting sicker and sicker, and he would go out, and he would go for slow walks, very slow walks and stuff. And so one morning on his walk, he got to that scripture that says, I present my life a living sacrifice unto you. And he said, God, you know what? I present my life to you. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. I'll say what you want me to say. He said, but you know what, Lord? There's a problem. I'm presenting my body and I will go whatever you want me to go and do whatever you want me to do, but I need a little help. I need you to fix my body. Instantaneously. Got a healing. He's never been for the off. Committed his life as a living sacrifice and he said, but God, I'm laying it down to the word and the word brought him life. He stood up last night and testified by the life light of God. We have the light life of God on the inside of us. Continue. I'm here encouraging you this morning in 
Faith healed four ways. And I'm saying, there's no other place to live other than continuing in the light, life place of God's true word. Amen? Amen, 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 amen. I, I wanted to say something to some people. Um, there are people that pertain, that they, they know God's word, they speak God's word, they, they, they do a whole bunch of stuff about God's word. Really good God word students. But what you see and what you experience doesn't always add up to what they confess. And, and I'm not putting judgment or condemnation on any of you. I'm rather saying this. If I see a place in my life that is not comparing to the perfect look of what God's word says I could or should be, then I must ask God for the transformation that accompanies that word. This pastor taught me something very important. It's his life goal. It's his motto. It's what ministry is all about. Unless I can transform lives, I can leave the ministry tomorrow and rather go fishing, go racing cars or do something else. Because it's about transformation. Jesus came to give you life. That life includes freedom, it includes healing, it includes, includes prosperity, it includes breakthrough, it includes getting rid of your ugly past, it includes you living a life like Christ. Until I can get to that kind of transformation, I need to continue in the world. He will never leave you, He will never forsake you. But then, as I said this morning, if His gifts are unrepentant, and he never gives up on you. You can't give up on him. You hear what I'm saying? You've got to hope and trust and walk like never before in the world. And say, God, I'm seeking the transformation your word promised. And I guarantee you, if you approach him with that kind of heart, you're going to see transformation in your own life. You're going to see it take place day by day. Until we come and we come. I've got to pursue until I become a demonstration of I watch him, I learn from him, I follow him. But his intent is that that relationship must transform and transform until I'm like him. One great preacher said, I can preach the gospel and sometimes if it's necessary, use a few words. You are life. I want to encourage you this morning. You are life. Wherever you are, whatever stage you are, you are life. And you are life in God. But become more aware of it. And say, God, I desire to be an accurate representation of who you are. So then I encourage you, by his grace, continue in his work. You are in a really awesome place. You are in a really awesome church. Because I know the transformation that gets preached by the word and faith from this place. With awesome grace. With awesome grace. Sustain.
Amen. Thank you, Bishop. Thanks for coming out. And uh, wasn't that awesome? Come on, let's just put our hands together. Bishop, for coming out and uh, spending some time with us. We love all of you. God bless you. And remember these words from 2 Corinthians 5 and 7. For we walk by faith and not by sight. We love you. God bless you. And have an awesome week. This will be your best week so far. So far. Next week will even be greater. 